Welcome to this week's Future Toolbox podcast. We explore the Z to A of life skills, where each letter stands for a topic and essential tool to help you get ahead in life. Meet Jules and Mark, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox, and enjoy their straightforward approach to creating growth mindsets that help people turn their dreams into realities. Whether you're a teen in education, a parent, a teacher, or part of a community group, start creating positive habits from today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Z2A podcast with me, Mark, and Jules from the multi-award winning Future Toolbox. Hello, everyone. Now, this is where we pick a letter and a topic and discuss how you can use our tools to improve our own personal development for life. So what's this week's letter? Well, this week we've chosen the letter S, and that stands for Shortcuts to Success. The question is, are there any shortcuts to success? So we're going to discuss that with an amazing person that we've got on as a guest this week, aren't we? Yes, we are indeed. We have a really good friend of ours. Her name is Serena Mann from Breakthrough Public Speaking. Now, a lot of people say public speaking is feared more than death. (laughs) I'd rather public speak. I don't know about you. But anyway, lovely to see you, Serena. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really look forward to the conversation. Yeah, Yeah. we do. So for our listeners who maybe have not heard of you, tell us about yourself, your background and how you became to be where you are now. Sure. So I'm Serena, as you said, the founder of Breakthrough Public Speaking. And what I do at the moment is I'm a presentation skills coach and trainer and I teach people how to be confident speakers, specifically for the online environment. So if you're doing a pre-recorded video, or maybe you've got an online virtual event where you want to speak at an event, then I train people to do that, whether they're a business owner or they've got a team that they want to perform better. How did I get there? Well, my main idea and my main message that I often share is that public speaking is filled with all kinds of myths. One of those myths is that people are born fantastic speakers. And that's just not the case. A lot of people think that you have to be a certain type of personality and that somehow you're just born this great speaker. And it really isn't the case. It's about learning the skills. And that's uh, what's reflected in my own story. So growing up, I was full of anxiety and even panic until my early 20s. In my early 20s, I did start meditation practice so that I overcame a lot of that anxiety and certainly that those levels of panic but it wasn't until later that I decided to overcome my my fear of public speaking because it's something that I've been putting off for many, many years. I never spoke in front of anyone. I always managed to just avoid that at school. <laughs> they let <Same> me here. <laughs> Brilliant. Many people do. You just <laughs> avoid it, avoid it. And you can go through your whole adult life as well, avoiding yeah. it, which is a shame. And that's what I find <laughs> a shame. It because- is a shame because so many people have got such good things to say as well. And I think people let that fear make that decision for them of like, I'm not going to do it. But I absolutely empathize with your story. And I was the same, <laughs> would not speak in public. Absolutely terrified. Yeah, likewise yep. here as well. That's a really wow. nice link into mm-hmm. our month of May's theme, which is all around exams. And we've got a lot of students that are coming up to sit their GCSEs, A-levels, and a lot of graduates who are or will be graduates when they pass their exams of course there's a bit of positive thinking and you mentioned about overcoming your fears with public mm-hmm. speaking and being born a natural public speaker is a complete myth we know that's a myth nobody's born a natural anything really are they but there's a lot of students there's a lot of teens sitting out there at the moment thinking I'm rubbish at maths I'm rubbish at English I'm rubbish at exams mm-hmm. I'm never going to pass these things 
And I think you've just really nailed there that you're a, was a very shy person. I was a shy person. Jules was a shy person. Yet we're all public speakers. Mm-hmm. So what sort of message would you give to somebody who's sitting there thinking, I'm rubbish at studying? Yeah, because part of some of their courses, they will actually have to do presentations. Yes, and it can be really overwhelming, especially mm-hmm. if you're a young person, you're under a lot of stress, you're so conscious about what people are thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And then having to do this. And sadly, there isn't a lot of training in schools, at universities, in the realm of presentation skills, which is a real lacking. And I don't know what it is in other countries. Apparently, I've been told that in the States, they're quite good with this kind of thing. In the UK, it's it's not really like that. And you can get to university without having any training, yet you're expected to present. You're just expected to perform. And I think there's a huge gap in this. And this is where the answer lies. It's about learning how to do something because it's totally normal to be fearful and have self-doubt when you don't know how to do something. That's just normal. If I said, you know, drive a car when you haven't had a single lesson, (laughs) that would be one illegal. But apart from that, you'd dangerous. uh, Yeah, dangerous. You'd feel anxious. I can't do that. No way. Would you label that person as being insecure, maybe not having any confidence? Well, not really. It's because they don't know how to do it. They haven't learned, like you said, yeah. Exactly. And this is where confidence comes from competence, that when you learn the skill, you can do it and you'll feel more confident. So I'm no good at math. Well, can I learn? And and of course, everyone will have different natural talents. Of course, some people will be very good with maths. Other people will struggle. But in terms of, okay, I need to pass this exam and get a basic level to get through this. Can you do this? Well, yes, you can learn. It might take you a little bit longer, but everyone can do it. The same is true for for speaking. Some people feel they're just not natural in the way that they speak. And maybe that's the case. So then it's about learning those skills so that Mm. they use the techniques to be that great speaker. So really it is where I think it is about learning those skills and that that confidence really comes from competence confidence through competence oh, that's brilliant. That. i'm going to use brilliant. that in the future thank you yeah, write that one down quick write that one down we'll use that in next week's podcast and pretend we've mentioned it but it, that's absolutely true that we're saying s is for shortcuts and the reality is that there isn't really shortcuts to learning something whatever it is whether like you say it's maths whether it's public speaking whatever you learn and your confidence does come from your competence in gaining those skills And I remember when I first started to try and do public speaking, the fear of my own voice. I've (laughs) had to work on stopping it. What is it, you know, when it sort of goes up and down, when the nerves get it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a common one. (laughs) That happens because a lot of people, they don't realize. I had actually one of my clients come to me. She hadn't done any speaking in front of others for 20 years because she had a bad experience at university. But she'd done very well in her career and her business as a financial planner. But she had this bad experience because she, her voice was getting higher as she was getting more nervous. And that, that is a thing because what happens is you're, you're breathing really fast. Your breathing is more shallow. There's less oxygen getting to your vocal cords. So your voice gets higher and higher and higher. And that's the last thing we want, of course. And it can really affect your confidence. But Absolutely. the trick is to, you know, to be, be calmer. And there are techniques, obviously, that you can employ. Now, I love my keywords because you said a keyword a moment ago about competence and practice. And obviously around exam season, a lot of people hear the word that they get very sick of, which is revision. And in the last couple of episodes and last month, we talked about study as well. Mm. Another word for revision is basically practice or rehearsal. 
Now, if you're about to put a play on and you're really into drama or you're a singer or a musician or a sports person, then you will just practice or you'll rehearse what you're doing. And generally, you love things like this. But when we mention the word revision, people get really scared because they think, I've got to revise for an exam and an exam's a horrible experience. People don't generally look forward to that. We're talking about shortcuts here. And Jules just said there's no shortcuts to success, but there is also ways of being efficient. Now, I'm a runner, as you know, and when we run races, we use the racing line. It's a little bit like cars going around a Formula One track. You follow the racing line. So if you're going around a bend, you wouldn't go all the way around the bend. You will take the racing line and take the shortest cuts, especially through a chicane or whatever. How do we take shortcuts to success that are not necessarily shortcuts by not putting the effort in at all? In terms of could I somehow get some kind of a shortcut to be a great speaker? In one sense, yes because you could get a coach uh, yeah. hint, hint. you could get coaching you could get someone to teach you a skill of course coaching mentoring that's what those shortcuts are there are some things that you can do to work more efficiently why recreate the wheel but in terms of you actually needing to put in the work well that's not negotiable because you still need to do it that coach that mentor that teacher can't do it for you only you can really become better in whatever skill you're trying to develop and that really is the same for speaking but i think if you have that support around you have that guidance you feel more self-assured that you're going in the right direction rather than trying to do something but you're not really sure and that would be the same for a revision. If you, maybe you're studying the wrong things. You know, are you definitely studying what's right for you for this potential exam? In one sense, you can have a shortcut in terms of, I guess, efficiency and having the right guidance. But it is about putting in that work. And it's interesting going back to, let's say, in the realm of public speaking. I think a lot of people, when they see really advanced, experienced speakers speak. They just think, wow, one, they think it's natural for some reason. Two, they think that they haven't done any preparation. And that is not the case at all. I actually, though, I, I heard an interview, someone, a well-known speaker did a TEDx talk and she said, I didn't prepare for that talk. But as you know, that's very unusual for TED talks that people generally prepare a lot. So I thought, oh, that sounds strange. But then the next moment she said, I'd delivered that talk a hundred times before. <laughs> So was she prepared? Yes, she did prepare because she prepared she did, it the hundred yeah, times before long. Exactly. So, and then you could say, "Oh, she's just a natural. She just did that." No, she delivered that talk a hundred times before. I'm really proud to say that a lot of people say about us that we are naturals when mm-hmm. they listen to, say, like our podcast, when they listen to our online audio, or when we speak in public. And again, we've been doing it for so long now. It's like yourself, you're shy, retiring kids at school. But now we're master public speakers. And I don't mind saying that. I don't mind saying we are really good at what we do. You have that inner belief from years and years and years of practice. Even if we were about to go up and speak to a whole year group of, you know, like year 11 students for an hour, two hours on on a subject like revisional study or whatever it might be or trying to motivate them, I still get nerves. I Mm -hmm. still get nerves. And I always think that's a positive thing. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's Mm. good to have nerves. Yes, I think that there are different types of nerves, and I think it's really important to to know that there are different types of nerves, different types of fears. And the nerves that you get when you're already a confident, experienced speaker is different to that of someone who's not done any speaking. That's more like they're panicking, they're really unsure. The type of nerves I think you're talking about and what I get as well is you just you want to make sure that you do a really great job, that you're giving it your best. Like any event, I think you would have a bit of nerves if you are putting on a play or you are doing anything that involves some kind of performance. That's a natural state to be in, that you're not just sitting back, relaxed, thinking, yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, I don't sit there and think, oh, we're brilliant. We're yeah. <laughs> we can win this. No, it's like, are we sure we're prepared? Have we got this? Have we done this? Yes, this is and it. And then we go up there and it's like, oh, and it's fine. It's all calm. It's, it's fine. But one thing that I did pick up that you said earlier, and I really, really liked it about shortcuts, but guidance is almost like your shortcut, isn't it? Yes. Seeking that guidance. So, you know, if you are, for example, a student about to sit any form of exam or getting ready to do your presentation, yeah, your shortcut is seeking that guidance. Get help from people that have done it before. Yep, definitely. Absolutely. It's so important. I mean, there really is no, uh, no reason to recreate the wheel and whatever you're doing, whether you're revising, there's so, there, of course, people who've done this before setting up your own business. It would be crazy to start from scratch. Now, how does one set up a business? You know, there's so <laughs> much information out there. There are guides, mentors, coaches, all kinds of, of guidance that we can get. This is going back to taking the racing line as well. And I made a little note a moment ago saying, don't overly complicate things. Mm. So a lot of people will sit there and they'll look at whatever the task is. So you just mentioned setting a business up. Setting a business up isn't something that you can just do overnight and then run successfully the following day. Passing an exam isn't something you can revise a whole year's or two years curriculum and just suddenly pass that exam the next day. Public speaking isn't. So we're getting a little bit of a theme here. It's looking at the things that you need in place to achieve your goal. So if you want to be a great public speaker, we will come and talk to you. If you wanted to be great at passing Mm -hmm. exams, then you were going to talk to somebody who's really good at passing exams. You would look at the student in your class that maybe Mm. is flying away with their revision and think, can I just ask you your top three tips? You go and talk to the person who's got straight A's or grade nines in their GCSEs or whatever the grade you're aiming for and say, look, give me some tips. Maybe I don't want to get that level of grade. I don't need to get that level of grade, but give me the tips. You're the master. It's It's the same with anything, isn't it? Yeah, it's a method, isn't it, of not a shortcut, but a method to get into where you want to be is learning directly from others, isn't it? And not being afraid to ask for help as well. Mm. That's perfectly okay. In fact, that's a good thing. It's really healthy to ask Yeah, it's healthy. We're not meant to know at all and how to do everything. That would be weird. (laughs) So it's perfectly (laughs) fine. It's a good thing, you know, to be open to that help and to ask for it. I'm going to change the, the subject a little bit away from good cutting corners to bad cutting corners now because <laughs> we like a little bit of scandal sometimes <laughs> so i have a quote here from author Ooh. james patterson and he said if you're going around in circles maybe you're cutting too many corners and i read mm. that and i thought oh yeah. i get that now because you cut the corner you cut another corner you cut another corner. yeah yeah you that's a good one corners you've got you've got a circle haven't you and then that made me think of something that my granddad used to say and he was so full of wisdom and he used to talk about people that were say on job benefits and not work and they would look at ways of cheating the system and the reason why he done this is because one of his neighbors did it but that's another story and he always used to say to me some people work so hard on cutting corners that they waste more energy and effort than doing the job in the first place <laughs> true that's true i just i just love that because sometimes it's that thing where you look for all the excuses not to do something or you look for all the cheats and then you think, I've spent so much time on that. It would have just been, it would have just been easy. Absolutely. It's, it's probably more stressful to do that because there's so much thinking involved in all that rather than just actually doing something. Yes. 
But no, I think that's a great point. And I think there's something quite satisfying when you actually do something for yourself. You learn the skills or whatever, you put that work in. So in, in presentation skills, it might be, for instance, you might want a quick route, but you, you see a great speaker and then you just decide, I know, I'll sort of just act like I'm them or I'll sort of extract their good points and just do that. Now, there's nothing wrong with extracting some good uh, qualities of a, a great speaker that you've seen and trying to do it yourself. Mm. But first, you have to develop yourself as a speaker so that you know your style, and then you can incorporate what you're learning into that. What isn't such a good idea is, you know, if you, you try to act like someone else or be like someone else because you're not a speaker then. You're actually just acting like someone else because you've seen, oh, that works for them. But does it work for you? And that's about your personality, your style, because we're all different with that. We really are. We have um, a personality that, that goes with us, you know, and so we need to define that first. And that's so true for speaking for many things, but in particular for speaking. Yeah. There's lots of things that I, you know, I couldn't get away with because it's just not my personality. You know, I have a friend who speaks with a lot of, for instance, sarcasm, but I, that's not my personality. So she does it really well. And that wouldn't work for me. So these kinds of things, it's about being true to your personality with that. I'm going to make a confession live on air now. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> when I was at school, one of my friends was really good at studying. So I thought I'd copy him, literally copy him. I... Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't like doing my homework. So I used to copy his homework. And mm -hmm. I remember him saying to me one day, Mark, I'm happy as a friend to let you copy my homework, but you're never going to learn the information. Yes. I didn't really want to learn the information. It was a little bit boring. So I carried on copying his homework. <laughs> And it didn't go well in some of the exams because he was sitting right behind me, but I couldn't ask him. <laughs> so I guess that's a real key of how not to copy somebody by cheating. So you need to find a way yes. of what we call legal cheating. Legal mm -hmm. cheating. Legal cheating. I'm going to give you a way of legal cheating now. So we yes. do this in Rev Up Your Vision. When we go into schools, we show students really great techniques like mind maps, creating mnemonics. And also we use one called the Roman Room System. And the reason why it was called the Roman Room System is when the Romans were planning their battles, they would stand in the middle of a room and they would visualize, they would place their enemy in a certain place in the room. And then they would put their troops in other areas of the room. So they would have, I don't know, a battalion on a shelf behind them and another battalion on a chair. And then when they went into battle, they could close their eyes and visualize where everybody was around them. And that's why it became known as a Roman room system. So we do a Roman room system with students and we call this legal cheating because it's not really cheating at all. What you do is you take a load of facts that you need to remember. You go into a room and you place these facts like the Romans did into fixed locations mm. around the room. So, for example, if you go into a, an exam room, it's generally in the school hall or the theatre or something like this. There's normally a stage, there's normally a door and there's normally a window. Windows, there's things that are statically there constantly. So you can place these facts yeah. on there. Now, imagine that the students had an exam and they needed to remember our three names, because that always comes up in the GCSE <laughs> curriculum, of course. What were the names of the three people doing the podcast? So obviously, my name's Mark, we have Jules and we have Serena. So what I would do is I'm going to place myself on the door. I'm going to put Jules on the stage. <laughs> I'm going to put you by the window, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. So when we go into the room, you can now visualize that Mark's standing by the door, Jules is on the stage and Serena's by the window. To make it more fun, the legal cheating comes in like this. You then use an association. So my name is Mark. And you're just going to imagine that there's a guy standing in the corner with a marker pen on his head because marker pen sounds like Mark. Jules is on the stage. And you're going to imagine that Jules is holding up the World Cup, but the old World Cup in football, which was called the Jules Rimet Trophy. 
you just imagine it's covered in diamond encrusted jewels. And then we have one for you. So your name is Serena. We thought you're a very calm and relaxing person. So we thought you're quite serene. And then you go, ah, afterwards. (laughs) But there's a lady standing in the corner. She's so serene and calm. She makes you go, ah. And that's how you create a Roman room system. And we call it legal cheating because you can go into the room and place those items in your head visually around the room. And it's a great little shortcut, really. So it's possible to take shortcuts. Yeah, like my pap says, you need to do the work in the first place. But you do need to do that work in the first place. You need to I mean, that's just a great technique, isn't it? And that's something that we use as speakers. Everyone has different techniques of memorizing as well. But those kinds of techniques are really handy when you're a speaker so that you can just remember what you're what you're going to say as well. So they are kind of shortcuts, but I think they're more like just smart techniques that you can use Mm. to, to make sure that you can be the best that you can. Do you, when you're public speaking, actually completely in front of an audience, do you memorize it all or do you have cards? What system, what system do you use? Hmm. So it depends if it's virtual or in person. Mm. But generally what I tend to do is I'll work out my beginnings and endings because they're really important. You want a really bold opening and an impactful ending. So I'll generally memorize those two parts. But everything else then, I'll just have a very, very simple structure. So I might present three points under which each point has three subsections. And so all I have to do is remember those three points and three subsections. And that's generally the format that I'll use for, for everything. Oh, that's uh, good. It's good tips. So yeah. I'm getting these off of you now. <laughs> I know we can listen back to this one plenty of times. This is really good. But actually, joking aside, we have attended your public Mm. speaking programs in the past. And the reason being is I would like to say that we are good public speakers because people tell us that. But sometimes people think, oh, I'm good at something. I don't need to practice it anymore. And they have that idea in their mind. Why would I not come and see you, who's an expert at public speaking, come on your programs to pick up some tips? So there is another really, really key learning point there. If you have somebody around you that you can learn from or you can look up or you can find out what they're really, really good at, why would you not do that? And it goes back to the finding the study buddy, the the exam king or queen who passed all their exams and going and asking them what their success tips are. For any of our listeners who may be sitting there thinking, well, do you know, I need to do this. I've got a presentation coming up or, oh, I'd love to be able to do this. Where can they find you and how can they get on your courses? So my website is breakthroughpublicspeaking.com and my main social media platform is on LinkedIn. So that's Serena Mann. But I'm also, I also post on Facebook and Instagram or email me at serena at breakthroughpublicspeaking.com. Honestly, we cannot rate you highly enough. You're absolutely, totally knowledgeable, a fantastic teacher with lots of patience and lots of skills. When I see you, because I love watching your short little videos on Instagram, <laughs> they're absolutely brilliant. So, Thank you know, you. everybody follow Serena, pick up these tips and get on her courses. Definitely. Thanks very much. Absolutely. And if you need to remember her name, just think she's very serene and she'll make you go, ah. Oh. And if you want to say her name as well, just think, man, this is good. <laughs> Excellent, I love that. But yeah, thank you so much for coming along today and joining us on the Z2A podcast. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me on the show. So if you want to find out more about Serena, you've got her contact details there. If you want to find some more tools on the Future Toolbox, you can go to our website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk. You never know. There might be some legal cheats on there. We're also on social media. You can go to our Facebook, Instagram or TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
And you can also find us on LinkedIn because we are everywhere. But we want to thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. And we look forward to catching you next week. But once again, a big thank you to Serena for joining us. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for the Z2A of Life Skills with Jules and Mark of the Future Toolbox. Don't forget to head over to their website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, where you can find lots of free resources, plus a host of books in the store, as well as subscribing to the membership site. Follow Future Toolbox Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Future Toolbox, and subscribe to their YouTube channel too.